April. I don't know why that sounded so low coming out when I said it, but hey, girl, how you doing? I'm good, girl. Yeah, you didn't sound excited enough. Uh, so I'm glad you ran it back. Uh, yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready for the week, I think. I think I'm ready for a vacation, but I'm ready for the week. Listen, I'm so ready for my vacation. I got a whole, what is this, June something? I got like three months for my vacation. Like, oh, when is yours? And where are you going? We're going to Cabo for our anniversary, which is Labor oh, Day weekend. Right. But y'all been trying to go. You've been trying to go since 2020. Since, the pandemic. Yeah, the pandemic. Yeah. We had to cancel the trip, which honestly, we canceled it earlier in the year of the pandemic year. Mm-hmm. But Chanel lost her passport expired. And so we didn't know if it was going to get back in time. Right. I remember saying that. And it arrived literally like, I think, the week before we were supposed to go on a trip, which mm-hmm. we would have canceled it by the end anyway. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. When are y'all leaving? We're going on a trip too in September also. Oh, we are going in, we leave on our anniversary, which is the 31st. Okay. And so we'll come back on that. Uh, I think we come back on Labor Day. Okay. So okay. Wednesday and Monday. When y'all going in Very there? cool. We leave the 1st, I think, September 1st. Oh, we call the exact same time. Yep. And then we might end up leaving on the 31st too, but we haven't figured that part out yet. But we uh-huh. definitely come back on, I think it's the 9th. That oh, next Saturday. A nice long trip. Yeah, I think it's that whatever that next Saturday is. And we're going to um Dubai and the Maldives. So have you started what did you watch the first episode of The Real Housewives of Dubai? Of course I did not. Of course I did not. <laughs> but of course I, guess I maybe know I, you didn't, but maybe I need to. Um, there are some black Americans on there. Mm-hmm. Actually, well, yeah, a black American woman from Houston I think there's a, a black Jamaican American woman um, there's a Kenyan woman a black Kenyan woman there's this white British lady who I can't stand mm. um, is this the first iteration of the real housewives of, uh, I would think so okay yeah it is um, and then there's a couple of other forgettable people Mm. there's one woman who's who's muslim and i don't remember where she's from or what Mm. she's about she's talking about being classy and she's got like a bunch of kids and Mm. um and then there's i think another white lady but anyway Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it wasn't um you know it didn't grab me it was a compelling tv for you it wasn't but it wasn't horrible enough for me to not continue to watch they have it coming on after the real housewives of atlanta so it's like why not tv mm-hmm. mm, it's a great lead in <laughs> no, they, they were very um they were good with it. yeah they're mm-hmm. very good about their job so mm-hmm. but yeah i have to give it a give it a whirl probably not but yeah, you know anyway not. Not <laughs> other stuff that you should watch right exactly maybe like you, speaking of you told me to go watch <laughs> this red table talk which i haven't watched red table talk in some time because i don't go on facebook mm-hmm. um speaking of 
And I don't want this to devolve into some huge conversation, but I just need to say this. You people out there who want to characterize Miss Jada as demon spawn. I don't like it. It's very problematic. I'm not here for it. Her husband has his own mind. And is control is in control of his own behavior. Of his own 53-year-old self. Why she is the reason that the he reason that he acted out is beyond me. She is the reason and she should have stopped him. Huh? She knew that's what he was about. Yeah. I'm not here for it either. And me and you haven't even talked about that. We haven't talked thing. about it. Not but, really. Yeah. We mm-hmm. had a little brief. Yeah, but that y'all heard, and that was the extent of it. Yep. Um, but yep. anyway, that's that's that ain't that ain't it. That's on the side, that's just a little nugget. But y'all stop, stop, <laughs> stop it. Women are to blame for what grown ass men do, okay? Grown ass men, okay? Child. Um, when he ain't never done a lot before in his life, also 30 way, years so. we've known this man, so he was supposed she was supposed to know he was about to go do that and to stop him, okay? Anyway, continue. So, anyway. You had me go watch the Red Table Talk. Mm-hmm. You said this might be a good conversation mm-hmm. for the pod. Yep. And I, and it was not called what you said it was called because I had trouble finding it. Oh, but my bad. It was about a book called Mother Hunger. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. The title of the episode had something to do with difficult relationships with mothers and bad mothers or something like that i don't i don't remember but anyway okay. i'm gonna look it up while we're talking go ahead yeah you can tell the people what it's called but i'm surprised you wanted to have this conversation with me i have to say why are you surprised ma'am i i i guess we have primarily because of you steered clear of certain conversations <laughs> about mothers mm-hmm. so Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I was a bit surprised that this was interesting to you. So I'm curious as to is it what was there anything specifically that yeah. led you to want to for us to discuss this? Yeah, because I'm actually I'm I'm a red table talk fan. Mm-hmm. I should say. Um, do I want to say fan? I mean, I like it. I like I like what they you know generally I. I tune in to the ones that I am interested in and sometimes I'll skip them. So I'll say that just like anything else, but Mm -hmm. my uh, interest in it was, and I'm still trying to find what the name of it was, but like you said, it it was something about um, daughters and their difficult relationships with their mothers or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I was just kind of interested in what they might talk about um but then they discussed this book I don't even know how much of an interest I have in actually reading the the book that they discussed but some people say it's good mother hunger but yeah I've had over the years a a difficult what I say I'm trying to see how I would describe it I guess for lack of a better term I'll say difficult or complicated that's a better word complicated is good a complicated relationship with my mother um and 
you know, from for many years, especially like like you said, when we first kind of started doing this, um, we weren't we we didn't really talk. I mean, my mom didn't really um, communicate really much that was at all. Intentionally on the part of you or her or both, or you know, actually, it was from my perspective. This is. I'm always very careful about that from my perspective. It wasn't my intention. My intention initially was like our relationship had always been kind of complicated. There came a point in time when I was like, you know what? If we can't respect each other or communicate in a certain way, then I just need some distance. That's not to say that I don't want to talk to you or be around you or that my kids can't see you or whatever, but I just need us to relate to each other or connect to each other in a different way. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to call as often. I'm not going to see you as often. I'm not. But from that, she ended up just completely like not wanting to communicate at all, Mm -hmm. Um, which I now get. I, I I, I now understand why she did that. We could get into that later, <laughs> but but, at, but for many years, like I didn't understand. And then I think really um, what hardened me was I had like a medical scare. I've talked about it on here before. My heart attack, I had a heart attack and, and I'm an only child. And when it happened, my husband had called my mom and my mom did not reach out to me at all. Did not call me, did not contact me, did not. Pause. Mm -hmm. So when we started recording the pod, this had been an ongoing thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So because your heart attack was in 07? No, no, no. It was in 2014. 14. Mm -hmm. Your heart attack was in 2014. Mm -hmm. So your choice to kind of take a step back. Not before that was before that mm-hmm. and had been ongoing up to when we started recording, which I believe was 2019. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. I just wanted to yeah. make sure I was clear on the, mm-hmm. the, the dates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in 2014, I had a heart attack. And then that was probably when I got on board with cool. Like, cause I, at that point, you know, obviously I had kids and I'm like, I can't imagine my child going through something like that and then me not even sending a freaking card like didn't call to come to the hospital I'm saying at least right you better not send a card right (laughs) but then called and come down and we live in the same state we live you know 45 minutes from each other like I didn't hear anything and then even and I won't go into that I'll tell you that separately but (laughs) even what when we did finally, when I did finally confront her about that, what she said to me was like, just the most hurtful thing, just Mm -hmm. the most hurtful reason. So all that to say, to your point, like this has been a conversation that I had been avoiding for a lot of reasons. (laughs) Um, But probably last actually I know for sure it was last Mother's Day um and I had been you know in therapy doing my little therapy thing you know thank you April 
<laughs> but I think that did give me a chance to like work through some stuff and think through some stuff and whatever. Um, but I think at the same time, I, I don't think she went to therapy, but I think there was kind of a change in both of us. I'll say that. So mother, last Mother's Day, I actually saw her on Mother's Day and um, we didn't even really talk. Like I just really like, I, I just opened my heart, I'll say. And, and, and she was open to it too. So from then we started to communicate more and kind of try to mend those things. So all of that set up to me watching this Red Table Talk though, and it broke down and explained so much, <laughs> like so much even about um, just how I mother or things that I try to be sensitive to in my mothering, but the ways that Jada and Willow, like kind of some of their clashes, I totally understood what all of that was about. Um, anyway, but I'll table that for now, but go, go ahead. What were your thoughts on it? On the, the episode? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and things that stuck out to you. So I, I also have a complicated relationship with my, with my mother, a compl- complicated history. I, I don't think it's complicated currently. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, but in a different way. It's in a different way. It's like it doesn't yeah. even matter anymore. Um, but that's not what she means, y'all. It's it's deep, but the we'll current compli- <laughs> the historical complication no no longer matters at this right. point. Right, right, right. Um, which we have been making strides from as well, you know. <laughs> And I think our complication goes all the way back to the core of what this episode was about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And it talked about the need of daughters to have, or I think of all children to receive from their mothers, nurturance, protection, and guidance. And so somewhere in pre-adolescence, or maybe adolescence, our, our wires got crossed mm-hmm. and things got very difficult and we never rebounded from, from those things. I think my mom kind of doubled down on some of her stuff mm-hmm. and I just wanted some freedom mm. and some yeah and I never I didn't get it so I'm gonna say this I didn't want to delve too much into the episode before but Mm -hmm. the things that the doctor whose name I'm sorry I can't remember I know um she said we 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 just said the nurturance the guidance and the protection but she was the author of the book book. mother hunger Mm -hmm. um I had protection excessively Mm. I don't know how much nurturance I got I Mm. know as an infant I was nurtured Mm -hmm. um 
but I don't recall as a small child being nurtured. My mother made sure that I was appropriate and looked the part of the perfect little girl when I left the house, but I did not fit that mold. Mm-hmm. I was cute. My hair was done. My hair, my, my clothes were always cute. My laces were tied, you know, but I don't know. Once I was old enough to kind of dress myself and I don't know how much, I'm, I'm not a hugger now. So I feel like my right. mom and I did not hug. Right, right. Um, I'm, 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 I've not been a very affectionate adult, so I, I don't right. remember, but I feel like once I got, you know, old enough to walk on my own, the nurturing kind of dissipated. Yep. So I'm, I don't want to say I wasn't nurtured. I know that I got some of it, but I don't know how, if I got enough. Right. What I absolutely needed and did not get was guidance. And I have said that Um, I've always said once I started reflecting that I didn't feel like either of my parents taught me anything. Mm -hmm. And so when you protect, protect, protect. It's like you shelter and smother and yeah. You don't tell me how to deal with the things that you're trying to protect me from. Right. All you did was prolong the inevitable. Right. Right. So you wanted to shelter me and keep me from all these harmful things, but ultimately you never taught me how to deal with them when they find me because they will. And so, (laughs) and, and I didn't even have the benefit of your experiences to learn from. You wanted me to not live the life that you led, but you didn't tell me what you did or what you did wrong. Mm -hmm. And you didn't give me alternatives you know, so ultimately all that protection, I mean, it kept me alive, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. I was well provided for, but what's interesting to me is that that woman said nothing about providers. Mm-mm. 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 It's almost like, I think to me, one of the most compelling um, uh pieces that we got out of there was very uh, interesting to me was from Tanika Ray Mm -hmm. and her story was very interesting in that and and I, I related to it from a certain aspect but she talked about how um you know she basically she came from a family of means as it turned like I, I never knew that but kind of the way that she described it like she wasn't, her family wasn't hurting. Like she, you know, she seemed well provided for, mm-hmm. Um, but she was saying how her mother never told her that she loved her and she didn't remember. And her. I don't remember that either. Right. And I'm reluctant to say that, but I don't remember it. Right. And hugging and stuff, like you said, like that wasn't a thing. And I think what was interesting about it, I don't remember I don't remember Gammy. I remember her t- talking at Jada's mom. I remember her kind of inserting at some points, but she didn't seem to be as talkative this show about her experiences. Or maybe I just don't remember. I say that to say, I feel like there was just like that 
that generation of moms who they had their own traumas. And that's something that the lady speaks to as well. Like they had their own traumas. So it's almost like they all kind of mothered us in similar ways, like replace a piece or two here. So but a I'll lot see. of us in this in our generation talk mm-hmm. about not being told that we were loved or not being hugged and not, you know, we all have kind of those same similar, and we were taught to be strong and we were taught to, yeah. you know, like man up basically. Yes, you're a woman, but man up, you know, I don't cry to this day. <laughs> like I was just talking. You don't. Really, no, I, I didn't. I got. I, I didn't. And then I got to a point where I did. Um, the 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 author's name. No disrespect. I'm sorry. Is um, Dr. Kelly? I think it's Dr. Ke- I don't Kelly think it's Daniel. Kelly. I don't think it was Doctor because I was looking at that too. Kelly. Okay, Daniel. Kelly McDaniel. McDaniel. Thank you. Kelly McDaniel is her name. Um, so Gammy. Yami didn't have a lot to say. Well, she did because she talked about how her mom, her mother, Jada, her mother treated her differently than her mother treated yes. Jada. Yes. And she talked about how she knew she was not all that she should have been to Jada because right. she was high. Right. And she was addicted. Um, and then how how it was such a different experience that Jada got from her grandmother yep. than what Jada's, than what Gammy got from her mom. Her mom. Um, and so I recall them speaking on that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting because, and this is the reason why people don't like Jada, because Jada may had no qualms about saying what she missed out on in her childhood from her mother specifically and she was very respectful about it you know Mm -hmm. but also very matter of fact and and not judgmental or um um blaming just stating this is what it was and this is what how i how you know it came to be how it impacted me Mm -hmm. and so both of our mothers are also living and so for me it's kind of difficult to speak on the fallacies because you don't want to frame you know we do the best we can and you don't want to frame your mother as somehow inadequate or you know whatever the word is that i can't think of right now how we describe bad parents Mm, Um, negligent negligent thank you um but nobody has a manual. Nobody teaches us this stuff. Listen, you can't you can't teach this shit. I wish they would, but yeah, no. But I think one thing I will say that's important to note is that Jada and Gammy have benefited from some some high priced therapy on each like themselves individually yeah. Yeah. and together. And so. I, let me add, because I didn't <laughs> say this. I did. My mother invited me to therapy with her mm-hmm. when she realized where she went wrong. And I was very young and I refused to go because I was mm-hmm. not ready. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't ready and I didn't want to deal with that. I was yeah. angry and I, and because I, I actually conscientiously chose to no longer speak to my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, 
that was for specific reasons that, again, is a conversation for another day. But I conscientiously chose not to speak to her. And she knew why and she understood why. And her mother told her that she understood why, because my grandmother was alive at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did continue to talk to my grandmother. So, okay. so my okay. grandmother told her she was wrong. And so she invited me to therapy. I did not want to go. Yeah. Um, and it was a couple of years later, I think, where I, right before I moved to California, when I made the decision to basically cut my mother off, I knew that it was not permanent. Mm. Um, so I just knew that I, I needed to sever ties in this moment for my sake. Um, and so I, before I moved to California in the year leading up to the move, I did go to therapy Mm-hmm. And one of the things I led with was, look, I'm moving to the other side of the country. I already have this wall up between me and my mother. The distance is going to be enough of a wall in and of itself. So I need to get to the point where I can have a conversation with her and not be pissed. Mm-hmm. And so that was what that year of therapy was helping me do, because I knew that it was going to be safe enough for me to communicate with her because I had that 3000 2,600 mile difference, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. distance between us. Mm -hmm. Um, so yes, therapy for me too. Mm -hmm. Um, so to be clear, um, (laughs) (laughs) like now or later, you know, whatever, as long as you you do it. Yeah. And, and, and I don't, I, I I feel like they spoke to this on that episode, but that all they did that need for therapy is absolute in healing from that mother hunger. And one thing um, Kelly McDaniel said was that she even recommends some women go into therapy, almost creating that surrogate relationship with yep. the therapist yep. as a way to help build relationships because, and I don't know, I don't know if you have this issue, Dina, I don't think that you do, but I do. Growing up, especially as a, as a young teenager, and I was at the church, I recognized that I wasn't getting what I needed from my mom. Mm-hmm. And every single mother who I encountered who had the right look and just seemed like they had that thing I automatically cleaved to Mm. and I tried to cultivate those surrogate relate and and these women wouldn't do more than hug and say hey and buy a church Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but in my mind I'm like that's my surrogate mom they did nothing they didn't and I just being able to reach out I just heard what I said Those women provided nurturing for me. Mm-hmm. That I said they provided getting. a hug. Uh-huh. You said that's, a, that's what they, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I just heard that. So mm-hmm. anyway, that's that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess I wasn't getting that, that nurturing that I needed. I was always And you obviously needed it. Listen, I would go to those women and I would, every Sunday mm-hmm. and, you know, and try to afford, and I didn't know how to create relationships with people, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm just hanging around because I think there are women who 
accept and appreciate me. Yeah. Um, but um, that's very interesting. Yeah. But she said to that it was important that because oftentimes these women struggle with social relationships and the woman who came on later of the episode yeah. said that she didn't have a social life. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I found all that interesting because I, and I always attributed it to being an only child mm. and not having, you know, another person in the home with whom to practice social skills Mm -hmm. so I always attributed my social awkwardness my social inappropriateness you know all Mm -hmm. of that towards not getting that practice anywhere Mm -hmm. but at school Mm -hmm. um but perhaps you know not having that relationship that was was very key with my mom, I mean, because literally yeah. my, my mom, my, it was me and my mom in the house and my mom stayed yeah. on the phone with her friends so yeah. <laughs> all, all, all day. So, and like conversely, I think I want to say to your point about like, that is a very interesting one. With me, I did create surrogates, but I think for a different reason, mm-hmm. because like when you're talking about the social stuff, like we've talked about how I did not live a very sheltered life in that way, like, but I lived with my grandparents my grandparents were my primary caregivers and their house was like grand central station so everybody was there was always people and in and out my uncles and my aunts and my mom would come you know every day when I was living with them full-time like I would see her you know daily usually daily um but their house was like everybody came by so I was always exposed to not that folks were like doing crazy stuff, but like the conversations, because I was like the only child in the house, I had a way of like kind of like getting to the back and with a book and everybody would just keep talking around me and I would know everybody's business and what the hell was going on. Um, Cause you know, they would forget Dina was there sometimes. And I even remember when I was a little bit younger, they would start spelling stuff initially to try to skirt around and I'm like sitting over there writing like well what did who, who, why were y'all talking about such and such because I wrote it down anyway um <laughs> but but I think and I got a lot of like I didn't get the 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 nurturing in that way from my mom but I got it from my and my grandmother wasn't you know she was absolutely like a boomer so she wasn't like a huggy person but I did feel love from her I felt it from my dad I felt it you know I got that um but I think me and my mom were she was she was my mom I knew she was my mom but she was almost like a big sister like we didn't necessarily have that same that mother daughter type of relationship because she was so young and she was growing and you know going through stuff at the same time is she just didn't know how to mother and what I understand now is you know she did the best she could but she just did not and I'm I'm her only child but she like that was just that was mothering was not her thing like she's a great friend she's a great you know, but like the whole 
traditional mother thing. Like she could teach me how to be strong and she could teach me how to be independent. But that nurturing thing, that's just not, that's just not her. So when I, when I became a teenager and I was around some of my close friends' moms, that's where I got that stuff from. Like how I felt it really was to really nurture your daughters in that y'all are sitting down talking about what's going on with them. Mm-hmm. Y'all are, you know, talking about the stuff that you went through and you've seen and, and that's just a kind part of, of nurturing also, I guess I exactly. didn't realize is that conversational exactly. piece that, that exactly. adapts as they get older. And Correct. no, I did not get that. Correct. Do you is your grandmother deceased? She is. And yeah. when did you lose your grandmother? I was, it was a couple months before my 18th birthday, oh. unfortunately, my senior year in high school, which that's was right, that's traumatizing. That's right, because that's when you decided to stay in Atlanta as opposed yeah. to go to Florida. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was very traumatizing. Um, so where did you go live? You stayed with your grandfather? I stayed with my grandfather and my aunt. Yep, I stayed in the house with them. And my aunt has always been kind of a, a surrogate for me. And too. is that where you lived throughout college as well? Mm-hmm. Well, no, because I ended up moving out. Oh, you was grown. Right? <laughs> I was grown, grown. Yeah, I like left. So but. you kind of touched on it. I was going to ask you which of the three uh, or which of the three yeah, mm-hmm. key mm-hmm. components you felt like you missed and you think the nurturing was the biggest one. The nurturing was the biggest one. Yeah. So you yeah. didn't feel a lack of protection or guidance at all. And I'll say, too, it wasn't necessarily. Yeah, I didn't feel a lack of guidance. I didn't feel a lack of protection. I don't know that the protection necessarily came from her as much. I don't know that it came from her as much as it came from kind of the offshoots, like my, her family, that is my family. Like mm-hmm. it came from them, but, but I, I learned how to protect myself. So I guess but that's that, what Jada said too. No, that's not. Because so, that's so what I was going to ask is how much protection you had. So me and Jada's story, I'm telling you, that's why, that's probably another reason. Jada, another one that I get feisty about because like our stories are so similar. <laughs> it sounds like your protection was just happenstance because it was so busy. Nothing bad was really going to happen. But was there any active protection happening and the same thing with the guidance did people actually sit you down or were you hearing and listening and learning as you I was just watching and learning I was watching and learning so you got all that stuff Mm -hmm. but you got it as a default not as an intention yeah yeah I got street sense yeah which is (laughs) I think what 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 Jada would have said is absolutely absolutely yeah Um, yeah that's so fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. It's so fascinating to me mm-hmm. how that. Um... So do you feel as a mother that you have given, that you have provided all of those things to your children? No, oh, I mean, I'm definitely lacking. <laughs> um, do I know where? Mm-hmm. Not really. Um, I think I feel as if anything I've been heaviest on has been protection and guidance. Um, I do 
I feel like I did pretty good on nurturing. And I say pretty good because I do feel like that's something that you'd have to ask them. But I, I know for sure that I have been more intentional about those things that I felt I did not get. So I have been more intentional about hugging. And, um, and even when it's not always comfortable for me, um, those are things that I try to do. And um, I love you. Like I have always tried to be intentional about that because, you know, it's one of those things like you either repeat the cycles that you experienced or you're very intentional about not. So I think I was kind of laser focused on not mm-hmm. giving them that same deficit that I felt like I had. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, but protection and guidance. Um, I think those are things, you know, I just always that's, that's what I've tried to do. But that don't you that talk to them. I don't know that because we're because we're also going through the transition. You've been through this with an adult son but we're going through that transition right so and I think the transition is a whole different ball of wax that nobody really tells you about and I think that your kids are at a place in their growth and development where they probably don't even recognize what they missed out on right um and my son probably as well um or maybe they do. I don't. I don't know your kids mm-hmm. um, well enough to speak for them. Um, but I think recognizing the deficiencies is something that comes with age and observation of our own interactions with other people. Exactly. So you know, your, your daughter might be able to speak to some things that she feels like she was lacking. Um, because she's had some time out in the world. And I in pause and I will say I think one thing that kind of to the point that you've made, um, she seems to be she she recognizes how she has been um sheltered. She recognizes that, you know. So she's really trying to make um she's she's trying to do the thing of like I need to be able to make these decisions on my my own own. because I don't think that I've you know she feels like she hasn't had as many opportunities to do that and do you think that she was sheltered I think to an extent yeah yeah to an extent Mm -hmm. because again I think I did the thing of trying to do exactly the opposite of how I grew up was that by virtue is that by virtue of where she grew up? I mean, because children are sheltered, right? She mm-hmm. came in a two-parent home. She grew up in the suburbs. It's not mm-hmm. like she was walking through a gang zone, you know, every day to school. She probably got dropped off at the car line. So she rode the bus, but it's <laughs> <laughs> she, she rode the bus family. out here in these suburbs. <laughs> <laughs> So was she sheltered or was that just a natural consequence of the environment you created for her? I think largely that, 
but then I also think there were some, I, I think there was some, some, uh, what do you call it, intentional sheltering to, in a way. Um, yeah, like, and it sounds, it sounds kind of like, uh, what do you call it? Just low hanging fruit. It sounds kind of nonsensical when you mm-hmm, think about it mm-hmm. at the time. Um, but I think it's some things that societally we don't, we don't, everybody don't handle the same way. So when you do, you feel like, it. so we were really careful about the music they listened to or the movies they watched or. Yeah, because your kids ain't seen the color purple. I mean, at this point, they don't want to, but yeah, <laughs> you know, so it was stuff like that mm-hmm. in ways that they were, they were a lot older, like Jaren is 16, probably just within the past couple of years that they've heard me curse, that they've seen me drink, that, so they were sheltered in kind of those ways, Um and like you said, by nature of where they live, they were sheltered from all of this other stuff too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they just kind of, so I think the, but again, I felt like, again, that's where I understood Jada. I ain't got Jada money, clearly, obviously. It's a few zeros missing, but <laughs> I understood what she was saying about how, you know, how she grew up. And then it's like looking at how her kids grew up. It was like, that was the thing like what you mean you what are you upset about what are you depressed about what do you have to be anxious about that stuff and so that's why I say the nurturing I would say I lack more because it was like it was so heavy on this other stuff it's like Mm. what what, talk to me what you mean what you talking about like I didn't get and I have that frozen frozen grief that they mentioned Mm. you know that resonated with me um yeah that stuff it's interesting because Isaac was definitely nurtured as a small child. Um, and even as a, as a child, he, he definitely got a lot of nurturing. And I feel like I was better at giving guidance um, in that I did not hide things from him. Mm-hmm. But I also did not volunteer. Mm-hmm. If he asked a question, I answered his question. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. I didn't try to use any deceptive means to keep things from him because I didn't think he was ready for it. Because I'm of the mindset if they ask you about it, they're ready for it. I agree with that. Yeah. But I'm also there are things that are difficult for me to talk about. And Absolutely. so I, there were things that I could have volunteered that I probably should have spoken up about sooner, and I did not. But I wonder how much protection and guidance he did not get from me because he went to a boarding school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so as much as, you know, you're putting your trust in someone else now, to essentially parent your child Monday through Friday because we were only an hour and a half away. So, but he stayed there every weekend for the most part because he was an athlete. We would drive down Friday to get to the game Friday night. 
coach would require practice on Saturday morning. So, so much for coming home for the weekend, right. you know. Right. So when it wasn't football season or track season, he would come home, he would get on the train to come home on Friday night or something like that. But, mm-hmm. but um, there was, there was a lot of absence. There was a prox, a lot of proxy parenting and parenting by phone and yep. so forth for me. And so, and there are things I've seen in him that make me question what exactly happened when you were at that school? Mm-hmm. Because he's not as affectionate now as he was as a, mm-hmm. as a child. He was a very affectionate young man. Mm-hmm. And now he's not. I um, see my son is like that too. And I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that if there's something that I didn't do, it's because I gave those responsibilities to someone else. Which and, is, well, pause, but which I think um, you, I mean, like you said, we do the best we can with what we have, and that's what we understand now. But your you literally made that decision because you felt like decision. that. Well, and you thought that was the best thing for him Listen. given the circumstances. So it wasn't like you wanted to, you know what I mean? Like you really thought like he's going to be better for this decision. And I drove that home to him. I'm like, look, if you ever don't want to go to this school, you just say the word. Right. You right. know, and I'm not sending you away. Right. He had learning challenges. And I could not find the environment that he needed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That you could of, afford. I could afford because honestly, he probably would have done best at homeschool with right. with um, supports. And if I had the relationship with my mother, mm. I could have moved back home, and we could have done like a homeschool, and then had him involved in all kinds of activities and stuff, and you know, go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not, you know. No, in a situation. Yeah. That wasn't it. So yeah. in hindsight, you know, what I've changed, I can't say that I would have done anything differently. Right. Chanel did not want him to go to the school. Chanel wanted us to hire him a tutor. Mm-hmm. I just felt like that was doing the most. Because mm-hmm. it was either going to be me spending two, three hours with him every night or somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. no. Um. But, but yeah, yeah. If, but that's if, where you felt like the gap was. If, if there's a gap, if there is a gap, and there has to be, there has yep. to be because yep. he wasn't with me, right? Then that's where. Well, that's there just has to be is. just because that seems to be the nature of this gig, right? Like, and that's the other thing. <laughs> One thing that she didn't talk about is the balance of those things. Yep. Because yep. the excessive protection is what caused me to miss out on guide. Well, it didn't cause me to miss out on guidance, but I mean. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I had it, you know, mm-hmm. and it, the excessive protection is what caused me to rebel. So I probably wasn't even receptive to any guidance. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Okay. And it's funny because I don't think I got any of that stuff when I was at my father's house. Mm-hmm. It was go do you, be you, don't get in no trouble. Mm-hmm. 
have mm-hmm. have fun have a good if there were problems that's when the consequences let us come. know but yeah. yeah yeah there was no oversight at my dad's house mm-hmm. no nurturing mm-hmm. no guidance minimal protection mm-hmm. we're giving you food shelter and clothing you get on the bus to get to school you miss the bus you catch the martyr bus mm-hmm. all the way to the other side of the county all right um and if something happened to you what did you do to cause it mm-hmm. what but how did you contribute to the situation mm-hmm. so there was none of that growing up in my in my dad's house and I only lived there for the last couple of years of high school. Okay. Okay. So, you know, that's an interesting dichotomy. Different. Mm-hmm. I was yep. thinking the same word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so, you know, it is what it is. We're parents, we do the best we can. I'm curious to see. Isaac has expressed a desire to, to have children. And so I'm curious to see. Oh if um how he's going to be different and who he's going to choose and where i'm going to factor in all of that and everything Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that will be especially i mean yeah his his situation in total is interesting so it will end up being interesting to watch his his journey and his path but but yeah i mean you know none of us gonna we ain't going to get it perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, terrible grammar intended. We ain't going <laughs> to get it perfect. <laughs> like, it's just, it's the, the most important job you will ever have where you don't get no fucking manual when you start. You don't get no cheat sheets. You don't get no hacks. You don't get, you don't get nothing. You just oh. get like a kid with some damn, them, that, that damn scratchy ass blanket and a hat and some diapers and they send you on about your merry way. Okay. They sent you with some diapers. Yeah. They didn't send me with no diapers. Yeah, well, we sent, we took whatever. We came on with some diapers. <laughs> the the mugs were in the, they, they were in the drawer in the room. They came home with us. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I had to I had to find it was a nightmare coming home <laughs> it was like it started as soon as we walked in the door i hadn't unpacked um, the diapers from the baby shower it was girl yeah no and we got home literally with Jalen, and <laughs> it was because i'd had a c-section and so she hadn't really been in the room with me so it had been a whole thing anyway we got home and in the stillness and the quiet of that house we literally looked at each other like so what do we do now? We're shark. Hey, what do we do? <laughs> we don't know what to do. <laughs> and we were grown. And, like, and we you were, know what? I, we I, were I, 27. I, like, we were old. So. And I believe I had that same experience. <laughs> and like, okay, he's crying. What? Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. Ain't nobody coming in here to help me? Diapers. Okay, yeah, diapers. What, what right, do you do with right. Diapers? <laughs> Bottle. Formula. Wait, what? <laughs> you were a baby, so yeah anyway i was 20 yeah so <sighs> oh and and i had two adults there mm-hmm. and it was like the same thing deer in headlights why is he crying and what do we do mm-hmm. but yeah mm-hmm. but all right peeps you know we hope that whatever your journey is with your with your mother 
that if you feel like, you know, there's some healing that needs to be had, that you seek out those resources and you, you get that healing. Mm-hmm. Um, we know we're a little bit late for y'all. Sometimes it be that way. Um, but we certainly hope you rate and review and comment on whatever platform that you use. COVID is still out in these streets. So please, y'all, I feel like I'm the only person in the world wearing a mask sometimes. Me too. And I and I go in the store and I count the others of me, my tribe, who I see. Like I see you, sis. Hey, I see you, bro. I see you over there. <laughs> What's up? Hang on. Mm-hmm. Hang on. I'm staying the good fight. Dina. Lord have mercy, Dina. I don't think I told you this. I had to share this with the pie. Look, I was giving the outro, but I had to share this because it's just laughable to me. Mm-hmm. I was at the jazz festival last weekend mm-hmm. and my friend group has kind of evolved. So it goes actually to some people who are in their early thirties mm-hmm. um, when we have some of the add-ons in our group, just mm-hmm. because the way people are partnered early thirties, I don't think late twenties, but maybe late twenties. Okay. So I was in the park and I was left alone and I had brought Mariah Carey's memoir. So I was reading and they were asking me about it and I was explaining the journey of my fandom of Mariah Carey Mm -hmm. because at some point it waned. Okay. As it does. It does. You know, I just, she turned me off at some point and I was explaining the turn off Mm -hmm. because they didn't get it. And I was saying how she went from Tiny Matola to post Tiny Matola. And post Tiny Matola was when I was just like, and I finished talking. And then somebody said, I didn't even know she was married to anybody but Nick Cannon. <laughs> That's somewhat fair. Somewhat. Dina, when I tell you, I was somewhat. like, I'm old. I am old. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We are girl. That, that 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 fact is true, Auntie. Ooh, y'all see how she doing me. <laughs> that fact is true, Auntie. Mm-hmm, Doing mm-hmm. snap of facts. <laughs> and on that note, people, I'm gonna tell y'all to persevere. Uh, Out in these streets, deuces. Go and be great. <laughs>